Welcome to Anything is Potable here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional Boston Celtics fan, and I'm joined by the kid, the god, the legend, El Nino himself, coming to us live from a downtown Los Angeles Uber Jay King from the Athletic.com Celtics beat reporter. How are you doing, Jay? Sometimes you just got to make the podcast work. Sometimes, sometimes you got to do it back from the back of an LA Uber after Jason Tatum put on a show. Celtics and Lakers played a great game. That was a fun game to watch. It was an absolutely electric game to watch, and Jason Tatum really took over in the second and third quarter. That's where he scored the majority of his 41 points. It was a close game, back and forth the entire time. Uh, but if anyone thought that kind of Jason Tatum's hot streak. If anyone thought he was going to cool off, certainly has not done any of that. And to be on national television against the the team's biggest rival, a superstar-like performance for Jason Tatum. He he earned the LeBron James had the Instagram post after the game declaring that he's going to be an absolute problem. The Celtics would have liked to come out of the there with a win. They were definitely they were up two with about uh, a minute and some change to go. There are a lot of mistakes down the stretch, but I think like in terms of larger storylines, it's just, damn, Jason Tatum was good, like very good and was like taking it to Anthony Davis. Good. It was, it was just outstanding performance from him pretty much all around. Yeah. I mean, he was, he seems to play the best game of his life. Like once a week now, right? This was the latest one. Davis, they switched Davis onto him to, to guard him in the third quarter. Just kind of, dusted Anthony Davis, which never happens. He hit two step-back threes against Davis, drove past him, hit a little jumper off the glass, crossed him over, got fouled on a dunk attempt at the at the rim, just kind of did what he wanted to Anthony Davis. The Lakers ultimately had to double-team him, and that worked a little bit. He's never seen double-teams like that before. And like you said, obviously, like a lot of mistakes down the stretch. Hayward missed a shot. He, I'm not sure he should have taken when he went in for a fast-break layup with the Celtics up two with 51 seconds left. There were just a lot of reviews down the stretch. Final minute was kind of crazy. Brad Stevens got a tech, although it didn't matter because Anthony Davis missed the free throw. Just kind of a crazy, crazy final minute. But like you said, the most important thing is that Jason Tatum has continued to play like a star, continued to raise the level of his game. For the Celtics to play offense at the level that they did for most of the game against the Lakers, which has one of the NBA's best defenses without Kemba Walker, I think says a lot. And obviously Tatum was the biggest part of that. I think it like the, the the fact that they were able to play this well without Kemba against the Laker team, best team in the Western Conference, and a team that you mentioned is great defensively, but also just has a lot of size. Um, this is a type of game where uh, Daniel B plus Tice, you think he might get exposed, but another very <laughs> solid game from uh, Tice following up his best performance of the year in Minnesota. Someone saw his grades and wanted to improve, but I thought it was impressive. He's, he's that, putting uh, that, that little extra credit after class these days. He, he absolutely is. But he finished with 16 points, um, nine boards. I thought he was effective. I think the real story of this game, if you look beyond Tatum uh, and Tice, was just it, the bench continues to struggle, and they really feel felt like they were – they like. In any moments that they didn't have some of their major lineup pieces in there, it, it wasn't great. Uh, only, what, nah, 11 points from the bench? And now a lot of those were, two of those were just Grant Williams uh, kind of free throws at the end. So the bench clearly um, still needs improvement. Yeah, and I think that was especially an issue when Tatum was going off and the Lakers had no concerns about just leaving Brad Wanamaker, Grant Williams, whoever else was playing, Ennis Cantor for two straight games, has basically not played in the second half. He played for like a second for rebounding purposes down the stretch against the Lakers. But 
his minutes is have he, not gone Is he healthy? Uh, the other day, Brad said there were no limitations on Canther. That that had nothing to do with it. I'm not sure, but his, his minutes have gone pretty poorly lately. Like, the Lakers seemed to attack him as soon as he stepped on the court. And the Lakers seemed like a much, much faster team than the Celtics when Cancer was on the court. And he's he's a slow one. So, uh, yeah. But Brad... No, they went... He At the final three minutes of the first quarter, Cantor comes in and the uh, Lakers went on a, like an immediate 10-2 run. And that was pretty much the end of Cantor. And so they kind of had to like scrape together. We saw Grant Williams get some minutes, but he quickly got into foul trouble um, as he's uh, wont to do. But... I know, like when when they were doubling Tatum in the um, in the fourth quarter, especially, it felt like there was there were some possessions where the Celtics did a good job. Um, I'm just thinking of the the Brown, the go ahead three by Brown, uh, who had a great game. I think um, not as much. He only ended up with uh, 20 points, but he knocked down that big shot, um, and I thought played pretty stellar defense against LeBron and Anthony Davis in the post, which was just not what I would think of. Um, when you talk about Jalen Brown's like skill set, I think of him more as a perimeter defender, but I thought he did really solid um, in the post. But back to kind of how the Tatum and the Celtics dealt with double teams. Down the stretch, it felt like uh, they had some early on. It really felt like they struggled uh, and they turned the ball over with all, a lot of that ball pressure. Um, towards the end of the game, they did figure out like some ways to get to the corner. Jalen knocked down that shot. Uh, Hayward knocked down a shot, but. Um, it was just p- bad execution down the stretch, uh, really in those final like minute and thirty seconds. And, and part of part of that is who's on the court with Tatum, right? Like when he was in the game in the third quarter with Wanamaker and Lankford and Grant Williams, of course double teams are going to be pretty successful. Like teams can just leave those guys. The Celtics, I'm sure, had never really practiced what to do when other teams send doubles at Tatum like that. And so they didn't. it was a different style double team, though. It was like it, they kind of waited, like delayed in the shot clock, and it felt it came from the middle. It was not a look I, he's clearly used to seeing that whatsoever, and that was evident. It's kind of like the Celtics execution afterwards. It was almost like the style that teams use to double team Harden sometimes, like yeah, like sort sort of like that. Obviously, he's no Harden, but but they they treated him like that. He he had it going. So it'll be interesting to see what the Celtics do with that, and it'll be interesting to see how many other teams adopt that, especially when Kemba's on the bench. Tatum has been used to buoy a lot of the Celtics bench lineups, and maybe that is a thing teams go to more more often now that they've seen the Lakers have a little bit of success with it. I think the last couple of games have highlighted, obviously Kemba hasn't played. Obviously things will be a little different when he's in the starting lineup and Marcus Smart's coming off the bench. But the last two games have highlighted, like a lot of the season has it, the Celtics, like, their scoring all comes from the top. The bench has, has barely scored the last couple of games, especially with Ennis Cantor, you know, being in and out of the rotation. There's not a whole lot of scoring on that bench. And team, teams will try to take advantage of that in the playoffs, and you saw the Lakers kind of do that tonight. What do you think of Gordon Hayward's performance? I mean, he clearly missed that uh, ill-advised layup attempt. Uh, he, he referred to it as smoking a bunny, which is not a term I've ever heard of before. Uh, but he was five of 15, missed all five of his three pointers, but he did finish with, uh, eight boards and then had nine assists, which no one on the team had more than three. So he was clearly a pretty solid facilitator tonight. He made the right read, but, um, his shot was not falling. Yeah. I thought, you know, I thought he had a really nice defensive possession in this, the post against Anthony Davis down the stretch. Like he didn't make shots. He missed a lot of shots that were pretty open. Um, but other than that, I, I, I thought he played fine. And I thought, I mean, Jalen 
probably had some bad decision making. But in the fourth, when the Celtics were surging ahead, like Jalen, Jalen made a, a bunch of key plays. I thought, you know, the, the main guys were pretty good, and they have to be good. They've <laughs> been good most of the time. You know, even on nights when Hayward doesn't shoot well or Jalen makes a couple weird decisions, like they end up usually pretty, really helping the Celtics. And just so much is on their shoulders because the bench really cannot score. And I, I thought, you know, Rajon Rondo came in. I thought his defense was really, really great for the Lakers and really key things for them. I thought Caruso had a few buckets that were, you know, Kuzma had what do you have 16 points and he had, he had 16 stretches. he had a couple stretches where well, man is his game ugly <laughs> but but he had a couple of stretches where he was really key he outscored the entire Boston Celtics bench so well was... to be fair to like the the Lakers the Lakers starters not named LeBron James or Anthony Davis only had 10 points so it's like Either you can have a scoring from your bench or you can have scoring from your starters. It seems like there's two different ways about it. Anthony Davis finished uh, with 32 points but it just and 13 rebounds, and I think it just goes to show you how great Anthony Davis is because that's an insane stat line. Uh, but I thought he kind of had a not a great game. He had a, it was a probable, actually, with an injury. Um, but I thought the Celtics did a pretty good job of containing both him and LeBron. Like the shot LeBron made to go ahead uh, down at the end, that's just like you can't defend a LeBron fadeaway like that. There's just nothing you can do. Yeah, and I thought Davis had like, especially when Tatum really had it going during the second and third quarters, there was one stretch when Davis hit two or three three-pointers to kind of match the points that Tatum was scoring. And I, I, I felt like that was key for L.A. LeBron, obviously, like he drew the foul on Jalen. And then the Celtics didn't get the rebound on the missed free throw, the second missed free throw. They could have had the ball up one. Instead, Lakers get the ball. LeBron posts up Jalen and hits a tough, tough fadeaway that's just like it's a Hall of Famer making a Hall of Fame type shot. But it was, you know, the, the rebound by the Celtics, that was their real missed opportunity, I thought. I thought they had a, a number of missed opportunities like that down the stretch with Hayward missing the the layup, Bunny, the Jalen throwing the pass to Tatum out, out of bounds. <laughs> your your guy two point daddy smoked the bunny. So <laughs> smoked the bunny. I mean, they the clearly the execution was not great down the stretch, but it's it's a type of thing where you think um, Kemba Walker, uh, his presence there would kind of change things. I think the the question is is like the fact that the Celtics have played so well, um, especially over the last, I guess three games with uh, and just played so well against the top teams in the league like the Lakers. Does this specifically in the context of Tatum's performance kind of change your outlook on the season or like what you think the Celtics potential is, or is it just kind of more evidence that uh, they couldn't be real good? I think Tatum, if he continues playing the way he has lately, changes the ceiling. I think it, it's pretty clear that he's played at an all NBA level for a month and some change, whatever that is, that if he can do it against the Kawhis and he can do it against the LeBrons and he can do it against the Anthony Davises, obviously the Bucks are still out there in their powerhouse and the Raptors have been awesome. The Celtics, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't put them as, as a favorite heading into the playoffs, but Tatum at his current level just changes things for them. And he's been doing that a lot lately. Like he's averaged close to 30 points for a month now. I mean, his last best game of his career was against Kawhi. 
this one, if it was better than the game he had against Kawhi, was against LeBron and AD. And so he's just doing it against all comers, which has been really, really impressive. There he is, the third best player in the East. Now, if you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week? It's actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. And that's where our friends Roman come in, because they've spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a docker, a docker, a doctor <laughs> licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides you need treatment, Roman's Pharmacy can ship you your medication in two days. That's free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are zero commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, you can go to GetRoman.com Celtics for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com Celtics for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. I think the bigger story coming out of the Celtics before the game was that Kemba Walker had his knee drained uh, and missed his second uh, consecutive game coming out of the All-Star break. Doesn't really sound like they're planning on playing him the rest of uh, this West Coast trip where the back-to-back in Portland and Utah. What is, is there cause for concern about Kemba's uh, sore left knee right now just because... You clearly saw they, they needed him out there. They need kind of their top five best guys to be healthy at all times. I mean, yeah, there's always cause for concern when an all-star player has dealt with lingering knee soreness for as long as he has and needs to get his knee drained and all that. I don't think it's like an enormous concern. I think it's probably for the best that the Celtics had Walker's knee drained and that he's getting this time off now and, I know everyone was all upset about how it happened at the All-Star break, but if this was going to happen, now is a pretty good time. He can take a little time off, get a little rest, and get ready for the playoffs. Obviously, the Celtics are going to need Kemba to be great in the playoffs. And, you know, it's it's not as easy to double Jason Tatum if Kemba Walker's on the floor. And it's not as easy to double Kemba when everybody else is on the floor. So... They rely on him a lot. They're going to need him. I don't think it's a, a major, major concern, but but definitely something to for them to monitor. And I, I think they should probably be more cautious with him the rest of the season, you know, know, knowing how much of a problem that knee has been for him this year. It's not something that, like, Kemba Walker's uh, used to. He, I think he's not missed an extended period of time as, and while he was with the Hornets. Um, but it definitely you can see kind of the impact it has and he on, on the rotation. And he games, man. <laughs> like, Talking to that guy when he has to miss a game, it's just like he's sad. Like he's really sad to miss games. And so I'm sure the Celtics have to kind of convince him to be patient. But they need to because it's, it's an issue that they need to take care of so that he's right when the games really matter. Now, do you think it's going to be a problem with given seeding? Like Toronto, who absolutely blew out the Pacers tonight, uh, just doesn't seem to lose ever. And so how important is, I guess – you seem to be putting the emphasis on getting having Kemba right for the playoffs, but there are games that uh, seeding will be important, and it feels like they're these are games that they could win if he was out there um, and they had their full kind of lineup ready to play. They need Kemba a lot, but it's like, do you just give up seeding because 
him being healthy for the playoffs is that much more important? I think the the two most important things for seeding are avoiding Milwaukee until a possible Eastern Conference Finals, avoiding Philadelphia in the first round just because as broken as they've looked at times, definitely the most dangerous possible first round opponent. And then, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice for the Celtics to have home court advantage in a possible series against Toronto, but far more important to get Kemba Walker right and have him healthy come playoff time. I mean, they have Kyle Lowry, they have Fred Van Vliet, they have really quality point guards who defend like heck and get into your body and really force you to have a lot of playmaking on the court to to play against that type of defense. But I don't think it's even a debate. Like, if, if you need to have, if you could have a healthy Kemba or you could have the second seed, I think the Celtics would take a healthy Kemba every single time. Now, like, should he have been playing in the All-Star game, or do you just think it's kind of like a freak random injury? I mean, he played 46 minutes in double overtime the night before the break. Maybe maybe that's where the issue pops Yeah, but that was a real game, and then the All-Star game's an exhibition. I'm I'm not going to get too worked up about a guy playing in the All-Star game. It probably wasn't for the best. They they should have been more careful with him. They shouldn't have put him in a situation where he, he was able to get hurt in the All-Star game. But honestly, like I said, I, I think it might be for the best that it happened now and he can get some time to recover and get some time to rest up for the stretch run because Brad Stevens keeps saying it like this was probably going to happen. It was going to flare up at some point, honestly, in, in the middle of February when – it's still a couple months left in the regular season. It's it's not a bad time for it to happen, even even though. But if it's going to flare they, up they, eventually, they, is it just like are they just doomed for Kemba being hurt at some point? Like, isn't the I guess with the playoffs you take off every other night. There's no back to backs, but I don't know. Do you have faith in the Celtics medical staff to be able to like control this and actually get him rest so there's like no flare up when the games start mattering more? I mean, you you think back to the last couple of years, like Marcus Morris had knee issue. He was fine to compete in the playoffs. Al Horford dealt with a knee issue throughout most of the season. He was totally fine in the playoffs. Like the key is managing it during. These the are good season. points, Jay. So these are good points. <laughs> so that by the time he gets to the playoffs, and, and for Kemba, it's I mean it's different because he's never had to deal with the playoffs before. We got we got the the alarm going crazy as I get out of the Uber right now, but he's never had <laughs> <laughs> he's never had to prepare for the a long playoff run before because in the two times that he played in the playoffs, his team never made it out of the first round. So this is different for him. It's really the first time he's had to prioritize the long term over the short term with an injury. And obviously he has been injured much. So it, it's new territory for him. And, you know, it, it might have taken too long for the Celtics to show caution with him, but it's good that they are now and that he has some time to, to get that knee back right, get that explosion back for the playoffs. All right, before we get to Grant Williams' Uh, settlers of Catan table. I just wanted to get uh, more of the more of the scene from you, beat reporter, on the LA streets. What was the kind of the scene in the locker room um, after the game where it felt like Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward were very willing to kind of declare Tatum a superstar? Um, but how did the how did the team react to kind of this close loss and then also just being there for Tatum's performance? I mean, I, I thought the most telling quote was from Jalen Brown who said Tatum has reached a new level, a superstar level. To me, like Jalen saying that carries a lot of weight because I think over the last couple of years, Tatum at, a, at times has overshadowed Jalen and overshadowed what Jalen's done. Even this year, like Jalen had a pretty good case to be at the All-Star game or close to it. Tatum made it. Tatum's taken a lot of Jalen's buzz where if Jalen was on a different team without a 
another young young guy like that that he would have had you know more more praise more headlines all of it it carries weight when Jalen says you know he he's reached a superstar level because Jalen knows like that's the guy taking the buzz and that's the guy taking the headline and he doesn't care and obviously like Tatum has reached another level and it doesn't take an doesn't take a, a, a basketball genius to, to realize that, but but for Brown to say it and kind of put his stamp on it, he's he's the first one who's who's really gone out and said to that level what he said, and I, I think it means a lot from him because you know in in another situation with with another player, you could see jealousy forming, and obviously you know there's there's none of that there. He's he's excited for Tatum. He's excited for what Tatum's growth means for the Celtics. And I think the Celtics all realize, like, wow, Tatum's really coming into his own the last month plus. And he's kind of changing the pecking order on that team where he's either 1B or has a chance to be even the number one guy, even when Kemba gets back, the way that he's played lately. He might be the number one guy already, but I do think it's important that, like, because the future of this team is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown being, like, a dynamic duo and Jalen Brown kind of acknowledging the superstar level of Jason Tatum. And then I kind of think the second part of the quote was like, and we all got to catch up to him and kind of be there to support him. Um, I thought it was interesting just because you can, you can imagine a situation where um, there, yeah, you mentioned jealousy, but like, it's clearly going to be those two young guys moving together for the next five plus years with the Celtics. And so their relationship kind of, I think pushing each other to be better uh, is going to be very important. And I think, um, we've seen Tatum react to kind of being named an all-star and kind of all the success, uh, and it feels like it's driving his confidence more. But I also think uh, Jalen Brown um, has reacted well to not necessarily an all-star snub, but um, kind of not getting as much recognition, and it's kind of using him that to fuel him moving forward. So it's just good to see those two guys supporting each other. The only other question I had um, about kind of post-game reaction was why did did Brad give a reason about why he challenged that call down the stretch? Was it just he, to get the foul thought, away from Daniel Tice? Uh, oh, no, he did not. He, but he, he gave a reason for the tech technical. He thought that Tatum had gotten fouled. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think anyone asked. The, the final minute was so crazy. There were so many different questions to ask. I don't think anyone asked him about the challenge. But the challenge was actually huge because they didn't have a chance to advance the ball late in the final minute. And, and on that last, you know, Anthony Davis misses a free throw. It was him who missed the, the free throw, right? And so the Celtics are down yeah. two. And instead of being able to advance the ball to half court with a timeout, they have to rush, and Tatum gets called for the offensive foul, trying to clear space against Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So that, that challenge call was huge. It, it, was, it was really big. And he it was felt challenged. like in Brad the moment. Brad stinks at challenges. Brad absolutely he's really stinks bad. at challenges. <laughs> he never, ever, ever seems to win a challenge. And that one, like, it lost a a key, key timeout in a very close game that came back to bite them. It felt but, like it was yeah. initially challenged because they thought it was going to be the the call that fouled Tice out. Yeah, that was, a weird, it feels... that was a weird call because in the arena they said the foul was on Tice. And then, like, Tice wasn't even close to the play. Tice was... 10 feet away and it, it was clearly if there was a foul it was on Jalen Brown and Tice was literally ac- across the paint so it, it was it was a weird weird play we got we got horns honking here we got we got a lot going on out here LA I forgot where I was for a second but it's it's LA 
Celtics just play the you Lakers. Got to got to remind why, myself that, sometimes. That's why that's people the, come to the Athletic. I mean, that's the type of analysis like the, you need to get from anything. Is I mean, well, that's that's what you get from anything is potable. But the I mean, the rest of the Athletic, the Athletic is home to 400 of the best sports writers out there, covering every major team in every major league in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. That's right. We got Athletic Soccer. And so if you want to get uh, all your Celtics information, like uh, from Jay King or Jared Weiss or all the other uh, great people at the Athletic Boston, you can do that. Uh, but they're literally covering every single team, and I'm pretty sure they poach the best sports writer in every single city for every single sport. So it's just simply put, the Athletic is the best sports newsroom on the planet. And so you don't have to take my word for it, although you should because I'm knowledgeable about these things. I subscribe to The Athletic. You can find out for yourself by signing up for a free trial. That's right, a free trial of The Athletic. You can go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. That's anything is potable with two Ds to save 40% off an annual subscription. That works out to about $3 a month for total access to some of the best sports coverage in the world. So what are you waiting for? It's very simple. Go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable for 40% off. And you get to hear Jay King coming to you live from the streets of Los Angeles, just dying to tell us about the game because he was there. He's always going to be there because he uh, he's a one. He travels with the team. and He gives us uh, all that all the inside info that uh, Celtics fans are dying for. How would you grade me for this season? I grade graded you? the players. I graded the players. I, I need Packer to grade me. I'd probably give you a B plus. <laughs> I love it. That's a good grade. <laughs> I, I was a B plus student in college. I had my nice my nice run. B plus. I think I got like a D something in French. I wasn't very good. Je m'appelle J, but that's not all I could say. <laughs> I can't imagine you speaking any French. Yeah, I, I was bad at it. I ha- I actually had to have, <laughs> I had to have a, a meeting with my professor because he thought I was just being a jackass to him because he was speaking French and I wouldn't know <laughs> what the hell he was saying. And so I, I would just say je ne sais pas, which I think means I don't know. And but I would say it every time he said something to me. And so I actually had to go go meet with my professor and be like, look, I'm not being a, a jackass. I just literally have no clue. what you're I'm saying. just an idiot. I'm just dumb. <laughs> yeah. But from that point on, we, we were good. And he, he ended up passing me, which was nice. All right. We're going to we're going to wrap things up here uh, with a little segment we like to call Grant Williams Settlers of Catan Table. Now, this is where we go back through the week's games and try to pick out the four players who are most deserving to sit at Grant Williams Sellers or Catan table. Um, normally that would be me because me and Grant are best friends now, but um, I think the, there's Tatum's obviously there. We spent a half hour talking about Tatum. I don't think we need to keep going back. Although I will note that uh, his ability to, to kind of do a spin move into a floater uh, is insane. And I just don't remember him doing that except in the past week. Yeah. The, uh, the, the spin move he made uh, past, I think it was Contavious Caldwell Pope. And then helping Anthony Davis, and then to the lefty finish. That was like, oh wow, that's a that's a grown man move. He's had some grown man moves lately. He's had some moves that are just like, all right, didn't really know he had that in his bag, but now he's putting it all together. So he's he's clearly at the table. I think the other obvious one is Mr. B plus himself, uh, Danny Two Blocks, oh, yeah. Daniel Tice. Oh yeah, had the best game of his career against the Timberwolves. Another solid performance tonight. Very good defense on LeBron James, where LeBron felt like he was just unwilling to try and drive on him. And then the one time he did drive, uh, Tice drew the charge. It's just, I mean, the guy's, the guy's putting in the extra work. He, he doesn't, he wants to be an A student. He doesn't want to be a B plus student. 
he's put in that extra credit. I, I respect him for, for trying to, to prove that he deserves an A. And you know what? It just goes to show that he was operating a B-plus caliber before because now he has this other level to get to. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's actually very good spin zone, and I, don't, like, I have no, no arguments here. I didn't know he could do all these things, and apparently you did know, and that's why you gave him the B plus. Yeah, I, I knew he didn't. He hadn't shown off his his A game yet. All right, so who's else? He's clearly at the. If he's playing at an A level, he's clearly at the table. We got two more spots at the Catan table. I'll leave it to you to nominate the next hey, person. Hayward Hayward dominated Tim, the Timberwolves. Twenty nine points. I guess everyone dominated the Timberwolves, uh, but twenty nine points. He just. Had a, he had a third quarter. I think he had 15 points in the third quarter. I think for what he did in that game, fending off every Minnesota run, I think I think Hayward deserves a spot at the table, even though he wished he hadn't smoked the bunnies. Can't be yeah, smoking uh, bunnies. bunnies can't be smoking, smoking bunnies. bunnies. I mean, Every- smoke them if you got them. But, uh, yeah, for some reason, Hayward always dominates Minnesota and just, like, um, I don't know if he just feels at home in the great white north, it's, but he's – uh, was very good in that game. I still think he had a solid game against the Lakers, even though he wasn't knocking down his shots. But uh, early on, I thought he uh, was a, did a good job hitting some things in the paint. And then again, the nine assists tonight, um, I think that's kind of deserving. The only other the problem is with the Catan table is the Celtics are pretty much like a six-man team. And so you're choosing between basically six guys every week for four positions. And so Hayward's kind of by default is the, uh, the other guy there just because... I, I, I think Jalen is the fourth, right? Yeah. I mean, Marcus Smart Jaylen's has been be consistent, fourth. but not like great. And so Jalen is the other guy. Yeah. And Smart had some, some really key plays down the stretch against the Lakers, like f- flew for some rebounds. The man, the man can really fly for some rebounds, but I think Jalen, Jalen deserves it. He, well, what about Mar- my, my only argument for Marcus Smart is that he's starting to throw behind the back pocket passes um, which is just super fucking badass. That is badass. But also badass is flexing on Kyle Kuzma after you get a key bucket against him in the fourth quarter and also scoring 26 points against the Timberwolves. And That is fair. So what do you think hitting, is more badass? Hitting a, hitting a big go-ahead three in the fourth quarter against Los Angeles that was later squandered by your team. I'm, I'm, going, with, I'm going with Jalen here, but Marcus was close. All right, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you, Jalen. Uh, just felt like Jalen was more clutch in the fourth quarter against the Lakers. He, When this team was really kind of struggling and Tatum, they were trying to get the ball out of Tatum's hands. Or when Tatum was on the bench, I think Brown came up with the most buckets um, and knocked down that huge three. So he will have to do it and get the final spot at the table. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty obvious. I mean, especially with Kemba's at the bench, we could have just done this segment of by picking the one guy who doesn't to go deserve to go to the table. Now that would have been Marcus Smart. But you know what? We... You know, you got to keep on moving forward. You got to keep on getting better. It hasn't better, been a big uh, week for the bench. progress. Tyson. It has not been a big week for the bench. It hasn't been a big year for the bench. It hasn't. Yeah, but like, it's, even by Celtics bench standards, this week has been bad for the bench. Cantor has been deemed unplayable by Brad Stevens in two straight games. Romeo Lankford is like showing some some pulse, but still leaves some to be desired. Brad Wanamaker had a tough game against the Lakers. Lots of turnovers, especially by his standards. So it was it was a tough performance by the Celtics bench the last couple of games. What did they score? Like 20 points total? <laughs> 22 I think points over total two over games. two games? Yeah. 
it's really insane how much production they're getting from their starters versus their bench. And obviously their bench is just built to defend and kind of stay out of the way. But it's still jarring to see the numbers of of their bench scoring the last couple games. Goes to show that they could use maybe one more shooter, one more score, but they're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. No, they're not. And we'll see if anything changes as the Celtics continue this West Coast trip with that back-to-back in Portland uh, and in Utah. Jay King, El Nino from The Athletic will be there. We'll check in later in the week to see how it has gone. But if you've enjoyed this podcast so far, please subscribe, rate it. You know, we, you know, don't just ignore this part of the podcast where we talk about it every podcast, but like follow up, subscribe, rate five stars, tell a friend. We need your help, people. It's going to be, it's the best way uh, to kind of spread the news about the podcast. Yeah. Get a whole tree of uh, a, a phone tree. Everyone, get people talking about uh, anything is potable because it's the best Celtics podcast there is. Start a Twitter direct message chain. Just just Ooh. spam people. Spam people on our behalf. Yeah, if you, I'll, you, I'll shout you out on the podcast if you show me receipts of you just spamming people about anything is potable. I'll absolutely do that. I'll sell out very quickly. <laughs> Did you just make a call for harassment, online harassment out of our listeners? Yes, it works for Bernie. It's going to work for us. Spam, baby. <laughs> All right, now, we've, now that we've gone political, it's time to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Anything is Potable!